Macworld Podcast number 435 for November 25th, 2014, brought to you by Fracture. Photos printed on glass that look like you've hung your iPad on the wall, and zero beautiful accounting software. Welcome to another episode of the Macworld Podcast. I'm Chris Breen, and of course, with me again this week is Susie Oaks. Hey, Susie. Hi, Chris. Getting ready for Thanksgiving, are you? Yep. Yeah, I got a big old turkey thon in my fridge right now. Very nice. Uh, How many people are you feeding? Um, just the family, just three of us. Yeah, all right. Yeah, so it'll be really easy. Okay. I could just give up and order pizza and nobody would care. Perfect. Yeah, it, low pressure. Yeah, but I don't think they have turkey-flavored pizza, do they, anywhere? Probably not. Yeah, all right. But it's the Bay Area, so you never know. Well, it's true, right. Or you can cover fancy it with pizza. gravy and then it would be just the same thing. Oh, man, I'm taking notes here. <laughs> gravy on pizza. Got gravy it. on pizza, okay. yeah. Uh, or dipping sauce. It'd just be... Tear off a hunk and do that. <laughs> um, right. So things are happening this week uh, because Thanksgiving is coming up. And one of the things, well, Thanksgiving in the U.S., I have to say that because Canadians say, no, it's not. Um, but in the U.S. it is. And um, one of the things that Apple is doing for their Black Friday sort of tribute, because everybody seems to do this now, is something a little bit different. You want to talk about what that is? Yeah, this is kind of really cool. So they have been, um, they teamed up with Project Red, which raises money for the Global Fund to fight AIDS. And this isn't the first time Apple's partnered with them. You can get Project Red iPod Nanos and, you know, different accessories come in red. And then, you know, part of the purchase price of those goes to the Global Fund. But this Black Friday thing is really cool. There's there's just going to be more red branded things, and they're letting the uh, App Store get in on it. So different developers have made their apps um, apps for red, and for a limited time, when you buy these apps, um, part or all of the purchase price will go to Global Fund. So I mean, I just bought a bunch of Toka Boca apps that, um, or one Toka, yeah, a new Toka Boca app for my son that is. Uh, was red and there's there's a lot of good ones. There's a uh, garage band, some games, some in-app purchases are going to go to red. So um, yeah, if you go to the um, I'm sorry, if you go to the iTunes the App Store, um, there's there's a huge splash page on the on the front page and, and you can't really miss it. But it's a lot of really great apps that you would want anyway. So some of them you probably have because you're the smart people about buying apps. But the in-app purchase thing is great. You can buy, you know, a subscription to the pro account or you can get some in-game currency um, and you don't feel like a sucker for buying it because it's going to a good cause. Yeah, I think it's great. Um, another one of the things is Mount Monument Valley, for example. If, yeah. um, if you're not one of those people who complained about the new levels, and I hope you're not because yeah. you shouldn't have. That's a brilliant piece of work. Um, you can get an additional level. It's a buck, you know, but it's going to, to a good cause. Yeah. And I think this is an interesting take from Apple because it's in line with a lot of stuff they've been doing lately, which is kind of going beyond the company and saying, yes, we're going to make money or particularly on this case, we're going to cater to your greed and give you 10% off on whatever this thing is. But instead say, yeah, you're going to pay the same price or actually we're going to try to entice you to buy more stuff, but we're going to give it to something we believe in. And in this case, it's, it's the world's AIDS cause. Which I think is nice because it's kind of fallen off the radar, I think, with Ebola and Mm -hmm. uh, efforts, at least in this country, in regard to AIDS. People don't think of it as an emergency anymore, but it still is. It's a huge problem in in Africa. And to bring that back, I thought, was 
a very nice thing. And again, to see Tim Cook in particular leading the charge here and say, we're going to do something good for people in addition to make cool stuff. Yeah, and the, the list of apps especially is is really good. I mean, these are like Clear, Starwalk 2, um, DJ2, uh, Clash of Clans, Threes, everyone's favorite game, Threes. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, there's some good stuff. And even if you have some of these, like Chris said, there's little bonuses that you don't have. So it kind of made me, it, 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 it kind of tickled the Pokemon Center of my brain a little <laughs> bit. I want to go get them all. Um, yeah. Yeah. Well, and I think that's why they did it, because they picked apps that are popular. A lot of people own them already. So some people may say, well, yeah, but I don't want to go all in here and spend 10 whole dollars on this new app. But if it's only a dollar or two to get mm-hmm. the in-app purchase, you should. Because, yeah. I mean, I jumped on the GarageBand thing to begin with, because I keep looking for new GarageBand content. So I'm always thrilled when something comes out. And if it, whether it's for Project Red or something else, I'm happy to get it. So Apple, if you want to continue doing that and keep throwing loops and, and guitars my way in GarageBand, I would be more than happy to buy them, because I think it's great. But again, to, to get that feel-good feeling to go along with it, that like, yeah, I'm getting something great, plus... I know this is going to help in some way, and this is the season where we need to start thinking about this and uh, be thankful for our health and and the world we live in and try to help people out that are less fortunate than we are. Yeah. Yeah, except that makes some people really mad when I say stuff like that. Really? (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, you should read our iTunes comments. Stop talking about social issues. It (laughs) makes me very angry. Okay. I, I guess I guess helping people could be seen as a social issue. I guess. But yeah. Just help. Yeah. If if you don't want to help these particular people, help the people that you want to help. But help someone. Yeah. There you go. Okay. And that's our advice. Our social advice for the day. Yeah. Um, and you can gift these apps too. I think we need to. Yeah. Oh, good. Uh, yeah. Yeah, so if instead of the buy button, which everyone usually matches, there's that little arrow that I I often overlook. So hopefully some of you also overlook it and won't mind me reminding you what's in there. There's a add to wish list, tell a friend, share, copy link, blah blah blah. Gift this app if the app is uh, for purchase and you really think a friend of yours would like it. Gifting apps is kind of fun, um, especially when you are really behind on your shopping. I haven't bought any presents for anybody yet, so. So yeah, some of them might find some apps in their email under the tree this year. I think it's a great idea because I forget about doing that because mm-hmm. I often just dive in and get whatever I need to get either to review it or just because I like it. And I forget that other people don't have the resources that we do where people, you know, either over Twitter or through marketing, tell us about cool apps, we discover them, but sometimes we forget to pass them along. Yeah. And so it's often I'll, I'll be playing with my phone or iPad something, oh, what's that? And I think, oh man, I should have gifted you that because you would have found it delightful. I know you would have found that delightful. Like, again, Monument Valley. I should gift that to everybody I know because mm-hmm. who, wouldn't, who wouldn't love that thing? That's so. a good one. Yeah. Um, speaking of apps, uh, apparently the App Store has reached a new record in terms of downloads. 7.8 million downloads a day. Wow. That's a lot of apps. A day. A day. 7.8 million downloads a day. So the question is... Was that um, like a, a peak or is that what they're averaging now? That's what, that's kind of what they're saying. It's like, hey, this is what we're doing now. Wow. And so this is trend, right? So this is a record for them. But the question I ask is, is this a record because of iPhone 6 sales? And suddenly people say, yeah, I 
I want to update all this stuff or I want to buy new stuff because I've got this big screen, particularly the 6 Plus, and I want to show off cool stuff. And so they're going into the section of the store that says made for iPhone 6 because Apple does that too. They're good at marketing. Mm -hmm. So do you think that's a peak because of that or that there are just so many cool things out there now that we all want to jump on them? Um, I think, I mean, does that count updates? Because if that counts updates, then, I, you know, yeah, because yeah. there have been a ton of updates. Um, we got the new screen sizes and all those new developer tools in iOS 8 with the extensions and the handoff and the touch ID mm -hmm. and all this new stuff. So, I mean, I update my apps manually because I like to kind of see like what's what's going on. If there's a big app that's updated, we probably have to write about it. So I don't let the the I, my iPhone just update them in the background. I like to see and control. And it's like a lot. It's like 20, 30 apps a day that I'm getting yeah. updates for. And I feel like before it's usually under 10. So so if that counts updates, I can see. But yeah, there's a lot of new devices out there. And when you get a new device, like that's that's how you that's how you uh, you know put it through its paces. I think you know, and and when they do their their events and their um, even their commercials and stuff, they're showing a ton of third party apps. Right. They're really pushing the Apple apps on you quite as much as they used to. So yeah, there's a lot of good stuff. I, it, it's it's a, it's a huge number. Well, and what about your personal buying habits? You're buying more apps these days than you used to. Um, yeah, I buy a lot. Um, I buy a lot of like to-do list apps, which is silly because I load them up with a few to-dos, and then I, you know, my problem is not keeping track of my to-dos; it's actually doing them. So, <laughs> I, yeah, sometimes I tinker with to-do list apps in lieu of actually doing stuff. So I buy a lot of those. There's a lot of email apps now that I've been really tempted to check out. Um, testing like Gmail inbox and. There's a lot of fun photography apps, and then the new devices make those even more fun because your camera's always, you know, a little bit better. Um, yeah, I haven't been buying as many games lately. I've been buying a lot of apps for preschoolers. Um, yeah, I've, I've been buying a ton of apps lately. Yeah, I've been doing it. You talked about some of the... Um the photography stuff. I've been buying like, um, sorry, I'm going through my iPad as I look. Uh, let's see, I bought Pixelmator, which is great, a great image. Ah, uh, yeah, generator. that's really good. Lisa Snyder just uh, reviewed that for us, and it's really, really good. Um, but I like brush strokes, so um, tiny, kind of turning um, my images into paintings. And these things work really well. And Waterlog is the other one that does the, um, it turns it into uh, a watercolor painting. Yeah, I have all your beach pictures. Yeah, I take my yeah. beach pictures there, and I make them all watercolory, and I send Those them to people. Those lend themselves well to artistic filters. Yeah, well, and recently, my uh, one of my cats has started sitting on my head, and I've been doing pictures of that. Aww. And they look, they yeah, they kind of look like children's book illustrations instead of you've got a cat on your head. Cool. Yeah, so those are cool. So, um, yeah, I, I haven't, like you, I haven't been buying as many games lately just because I get into them for a while, and I let them go, and, and they don't kind of live on for me for a long time. But now I'm looking at more utility stuff, um, artistic stuff, musical stuff, certainly. I, I buy a lot of synths on, uh, on the iPad and, and try those out too. Because I just think, you know, back in the day, synthesizers were thousands of dollars. And now for like eight bucks, I'm getting one that does analog synthesis and all this yeah. kind of stuff. So it's a cool Yeah, it's, it makes it so accessible to just tinker around with these little, you know, it's like a few bucks. And yeah. even if you only play with it for a couple of days, you know, you kind of, you expanded your experience and you learned a little bit and it only costs you like $3. So it can get kind of addictive. Like the more apps you buy, I think the more you buy. Um, 
my husband uses my hand-me-down phones and I have to, yeah, family sharing's been good because then I can just go on and be like, okay, I'm putting these apps on your phone. You yeah. need to use these. Because um, he's not quite as plugged in as we are. But yeah, um, the more you buy, the more you want. And luckily they're nice and bite-sized. And now a lot of them are giving money to charity when you buy them. Yeah. I think that's through December 7th. So right. If, if, if you're listening to this, mark that on your calendar and make sure to go there before. Yeah. Okay. Um, we have a couple more things to talk about, but before we're going to talk about fracture, which is also a gifty kind of thing in that there are photos printed on glass that look like you've hung your iPad on the wall. Fracture is a company that prints photos directly onto glass, which has been described as being like hanging your iPad on the wall. Colors pop like you won't believe, and it even comes in a solid backing that's ready to mount right out of the package. All you have to do is stick the screw in the wall and hang it. And they even throw in a screw, which I think is pretty considerate. It's all really affordable, too, with prices starting at just $15 for their small square size. And they make fantastic gifts for family and friends because it's a perfect way to celebrate a shared memory with someone, and it's also a unique and modern gift. Each fracture is hand-assembled and checked for quality by their small team in Gainesville, Florida. So, made in USA. If you need another reason to buy one, besides them being a sponsor of our podcast, of course, you can get 15% off with the code MACWORLD. Just go to fracture.me to check it out online. Again, for 15% off, go to fracture.me and enter the coupon code MACWORLD. Okay, and something I wrote about last week, and I wanted your take on it, because I, I don't know how other people feel about this, but Recode announced that they were going to drop comments. They're not going to do comments anymore on Recode. And they're, the reason they gave for doing this is they said, well, you know, we have other ways of doing this now. We have social networking. And so if people want to comment on our stories, they can tweet the author. Or they can uh, post something on Facebook about it. But we're not going to put them on our site anymore. And I had a reaction to that, but I want to hear what yours is. Um. Well, see, I'm down with blogs that don't want comments because they think that, you know, it's, it's a lot of work. Yeah. Like, you have to really make the community that you want. It's not just going to happen by accident. And if you leave it just as the Wild West, there's going to be jerks. There's going to be a lot of spam, so much spam. Um, and it's not going to be that productive and then people won't read the comments and you'll wonder why you didn't kill them a long time ago. So without, you know, moderation and pruning and really kind of, you know, making, helping the community, helping grow the community you want to have, um, just passing it off to social media, I don't know. I mean, tweets are terrible for conversing. It's really hard to find out, you know, to follow a conversation on Twitter. That's why tools like Storify exist, because when these, you know, big fights and stuff happen on Twitter, if you weren't there, if you weren't following everybody, if you didn't faithfully, you know, click on every tweet and open up the conversation and try to, you know, see it in order, it's really hard to have a big conversation on Twitter, um, especially, you know, if if you want people other people jumping in and out mm -hmm. and throwing in their two cents like you would on, on a comments page. Um, and then Facebook, it's a little easier, but yeah, like, I mean, you know, like you said in your piece, um, which I'm totally cheating because I read that, but, um, <laughs> but yeah, like who goes to the Facebook pages for these, you know, for, would you go to Recode's Facebook page? Would you go to the author's Facebook page? And still, yeah, I mean, those get buried. Facebook only shows people the, you know, a, a fraction of the posts of the, you know, uh, pages that they're subscribed to. So, 
you would really have to go seek it out. Like you would have to go to facebook.com slash recode, scroll down in the timeline until you found that story and then put it in there. So I just don't see a lot happening there either. I almost think they, they just didn't, you know, want to do it. They didn't want to put in the time and effort. And that was kind of their excuse. They were like, oh, we have social. We don't need that now. And I totally sympathize with not wanting to put in the time and effort. Like, I think it's great. You know, if, if they don't want comments, they can they should get rid of comments and that's fine. Um, but yeah, don't pretend that like Facebook and Twitter are going to be filling the role that, you know, a comments page would fill because I just don't think that they're there. They're not really made for that. Yeah. And well, because you read me, so you agree with me. And, yeah. and I agree. I agree with you who agrees with me. <laughs> so, um, what do yeah, you think? <laughs> what do I think? I think that um, I agree that I think their excuse does not hold water. Right. I think the whole idea is like, hey, social networking is just as good. I think they just should have, you know, bucked up and said, OK, you know what? We're a very, very popular site. We get a lot of comments. And a lot of them we don't think are worth having out there, not mm-hmm. simply because they're not critical, but or because they're critical, but sometimes they're just not well thought out or it's spam or somebody's a jerk or plenty of reasons not to have comments posted. And particularly on a site like theirs, they're so popular. I'm sure they attract a ton of comments. They've got to hire at least one person. It's just their whole job is going through that stuff, which can get depressing after a while. Yeah. Um, I do it for Macworld, and I like doing it, and I said in the piece, I come from a background of participating in forums and comment threads from way back in the day when the web didn't exist, and that was the way people got help, and so I sort of feel like I need to pay it back because of all the help I got over, over the years, but I certainly am sympathetic to the idea of not doing them. John Gruber, for example, has never had comments. I mean, when he established Daring Fireball, it was his decision. It's like, no, this is my place. If you want to write what you want to write, go get your own place. And I'm totally down with that. I think that's a that's a terrific way to go. Yeah. But I think once you sort of embark on it and then realize, oh, wow, this is a lot of work. And wow, there's some really awful people in the world. You know, be honest about it and just say, look, there are plenty of good reasons not to do this. And here are ours. But not sort of hand it off. And say, oh, but, you know, it's just the same thing. No, it's not the same thing. And you people are smart enough to know that it's not the same thing. Um, that said, I think with good moderation, sites can be really good, and I think the comments help a lot. I like the comments that we get at Macworld. Sure, there is the occasional jerk, and we do get our work-from-home spam like everybody else, but we've got a nice little community of, of people who read the stuff and contribute some very thoughtful ideas that yeah. I think make the pieces better. Yeah, no, I totally agree. That's been one of the the coolest things for me um, coming over to Macworld because I was at MacLife before, then I was at TechHive, and in both of those places we didn't have reader engagement in the comments. Like people would comment sometimes, but it wasn't it wasn't even it was it's just night and day compared to Macworld. Like Macworld people. A lot of people comment, they reply to each other, they're liking each other's comments, they're really adding a lot um, to the discussion. And it's been really cool to get to get that feedback and to, you know, see that you know what what you write matters and um, that you know people it's making people think and want to discuss it with each other. So I mean I'm looking at Recode right now and yeah, it, it's I just don't I don't think that they're really sending they're saying your comments are important, join the conversation, and then there's 
you know, a place to kind of share the article. But it's not like, oh, I, you know, I click Facebook and it's going to take me to this on Facebook so I can comment. It's just having me share it on my personal Facebook page. So those are share buttons that they're disguising as comment buttons. Yeah. And it's that's not the same thing. I don't know. It's not the same thing. And, it, and I understand the philosophy. I think there are a couple of ways you can approach this. And maybe this is too inside baseball for people listening, but what the heck. Too late. <laughs> too late. I'm going there. Um, I think there are two approaches you can take. One is that you as creator or content provider, you provide this stuff and you don't talk to your readers you know, or you don't engage in a conversation with them. It's just like, we are on high. We know what's best here. This is it. And you, know, you can comment all you want, but we're not going to reply to you. I, on the other hand, think, and what I hope we do at Macworld, and I think we do, is that the person who's responsible for ideas will engage in, in a conversation with the readers. Not if they're jerks, you know, there's no reason to talk to those people. But if they have something thoughtful to say, then it's absolutely worth having a conversation back and forth because ultimately you end up with better ideas mm -hmm. versus just like, oh, I am God on high and here is the absolute truth and anything you say is not important because I know everything, which is the old model. It's the old, you know, sort of state newspaper model. This is the word of truth and you shall believe it. Um, so I do like having the fact that we have, um, we have people who are thoughtful and, and will give back in a way that's constructive so that as people read the story, they go on to the comments then and see that there's something else there. And um, and adds value for for them and for us too. I learn a lot from readers in in these comments. So um, yeah, me too. So keep talking, guys, gals. Yeah. We like it. Mm -hmm. Unless you're that guy, in which case never come back. <laughs> never come back. But again. that guy wouldn't think that he was that guy. You know, like if even if that guy was listening and we were like, but don't be that guy, he'd be like, oh yeah, that's not me. <laughs> <laughs> well, he'll quickly find out that's him when his comment disappears and he is unable to post another thing yeah. again in his life, which we still get. I, it sort of amuses me because we have we have the little back room where the the deleted people go and they're they can still comment, but their stuff just goes into the trash pile. So I get to go through there every once in a while and, and look at them and they're in there still spamming away, you know, or raging <laughs> away. And I'm going, Dude, you're only talking to me, so. <laughs> but keep it up. I, I'm enjoying myself here. Yeah. But I'm kind of mean. So um, one more thing um, after one more ad, and that ad is, of course, for Zero, which is beautiful accounting software. Zero, spelled X-E-R-O, is the online accounting software and platform for your small business. With Zero, it doesn't matter if your small business is brick and mortar or online. And that's because Zero was born in the cloud and built in the cloud. This means that you can manage your accounting anytime, anywhere from your Mac, PC, iOS, or Android device. Sign up for a free 30-day trial at Zero.com slash podcasts to manage your invoicing and get paid faster, get an instant view of your cash flow, track your expenses on the go, and manage all of your financial reports. You can even collaborate with your accountant or bookkeeper in real time whenever you like. Zero seamlessly integrates with over 350 best-in-class business tools to process mobile payments, manage payroll, run your back office, and much more. It's no wonder over 370,000 customers in more than 180 countries use Zero, And you can too. Sign up for a free 30-day trial at Zero.com slash podcasts. That's X-E-R-O dot com slash podcasts. 
And not only that, Zero randomly selects five people a month who have signed up to receive a mystery box of goodies called Zero Plus from a company that already swears by Zero. Zero, beautiful accounting software. Okay, and since it is Thanksgiving again in this country on this Thursday, I thought maybe we should um, just take a moment to reflect about one thing one Apple kind of related thing that we're thankful for this year. And um, I'll put you on the spot and ask you, what's yours? Um, okay, well, then I'm going to take the easy one. And I'm going to say, I really love Apple Pay. It's just been getting better and better, um, especially since this year seemed like it was the year where every week or two we heard about another giant credit card breach at a big store. Like, I mean, I bought a house and I started going to Home Depot all the time. And then, whoops, yeah, my credit card information was stolen from Home Depot and Target and all these places where like everybody shops. So having another layer of security against that has been really, it's just, it's nice to know. And I think it's going to accelerate mobile payments in a way that nothing else has to this point. Um, like credit cards in America are terrible. And I wrote an article once on mobile payments for um, uh, Mac format. Uh, actually, it was for TAP, but um, yeah, so Brit British publication where they're all using chip and pin, and they were like, can you explain why you guys have the worst credit cards? <laughs> and, and it was, yeah, so, you know, we're, we're, we're not out of that yet, but I like that Apple is trying to, to solve that problem in a, in a customer-friendly way that is, you know, a good experience. So it's, it's still sort of new, but I've been really liking it. So, yeah, Apple Pay is, has really made an impact already. Okay. And mine is, expands a little bit on yours in, to make it a little general in that I kind of like the efforts Apple has made this year in terms of looking out for us. I think Apple Pay is one of those things mm -hmm. where they're making credit transactions much more secure. I think that's good. It's good for the customers. Where they talk about privacy as being a feature, that's great. They don't mm -hmm. have to do that, right? They could sell our information just like everybody else. It would be another profit center for them. But they make a point of not doing that. And I think that's great. This Project Red thing, I think, is great. Tim Cook's efforts um, for uh, human rights stuff is great. Getting better labor relations is great. I like to see the company become more human. I think Tim Cook has a lot to do with that. And um, again, because I think it's not bad to help people out, I like to see a big company do that. It's sort of refreshing, you know, as much as companies like Chevron and BP and others say, oh, we're helping the world, you know, by dropping tons of oil into the ocean. <laughs> um, Apple, I think, can make a compelling argument in some ways. It's like, we care about the environment, and here's how. And we care about people, and here's how. So it's more than just a slogan and more than just PR, but I think that they sincerely have true feelings about this stuff and, and are trying to make the world a better place. So good on you, Apple, for that, unless I'm a total rube, and that's not at all <laughs> what this is about. <laughs> but I think, no, I think they're sincere, so I'm, I'm thankful for that. So um, that's mine. Yeah, and it's nice that they've kind of, you know, let us know what they're doing a little bit more, you know, especially with those things that you mentioned with the environment stuff and human rights and things like, you know, I feel like in the in the old days, we, maybe they were doing some of this and they just didn't think that we needed to know. And yeah, so yeah, Tim, Tim seems like he's made Apple a little more open and just, yeah, like a, just putting a friendlier face on the company. And we like that. Nothing yeah. better than a friendlier face. Yeah. Okay, well, um, I think we should take our friendly faces um, and go. Okay.
All right, so we're going to go. So uh, for those of you celebrating Thanksgiving this year, happy, have a happy one. Yeah. And, and, uh, and those of you who aren't, we're still thankful that you're listening. And uh, also our sponsors are going to be thankful that you're listening. And those sponsors are, by the way, Fracture, which is photos printed on glass that looks like you've hung your iPad on the wall, and Zero Beautiful Accounting Software. If you have any comments or questions, drop us a line at podcast at macworld.com. Thanks very much for listening.